welcome to this special edition of the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. I'm Leona Evans, and I'm here today with my son and co-host, Matthew J. Evans. Hi, it's great to be here. Well, we definitely had another subject planned for today's podcast, didn't we? Yeah. But something happened this weekend that seems to have grabbed the attention, literally, of people throughout the world. I'm talking about the incident which took place between Will Smith and Chris Rock at the Oscars. Now, even though we're going to recount the story of what happened and some of the backlash, this episode is primarily about how our beliefs about ourselves affect the way we see the world and the people in it. Now, for the last couple of Sundays at Unity of San Luis Obispo, I've been discussing a quote that has become very popular with those of us in New Thought. And the quote originated by the great philosopher and theologian Teilhard de Chardin is this, We are not human beings learning to have a spiritual experience, but spiritual beings learning to have a human experience. This is a phrase that stops us in our tracks very often, not just because of the play on words, but because there is something truly important in that statement that we could benefit from. And if we believe that this statement is true, then we have a responsibility to respond to life situations in a rational, humane, and compassionate way. And it becomes our responsibility to do everything we can to avoid demonizing people. So, Matthew, why don't you share the event that we're talking about and and give us the details. During the Oscar ceremony last Sunday, Chris Rock came on stage to tell a couple of jokes and present the Best Documentary Award. One of his jokes was directed at Jada Pinkett Smith, and after getting a mixed reactions of laughs and boos, Chris started to keep going with his material when Will Smith walked up from the front row onto the stage and proceeded to slap him. After walking back to his seat, Will shouted back to Chris a statement that had to get censored for American audiences, but was basically saying not to make jokes about his wife. The audience was largely shocked and kind of confused from what I've read. Um, Some people in the upper balconies who were really far away and couldn't really see what was happening thought it might have been a planned bit, like a joke, but many people who were close enough to see it were quite stunned. Um, Chris took a few moments to to get back on track, kind of regain his composure and present the awards. And for the rest of the televised program, the slap went largely unmentioned. Yes, but what we haven't discussed is the remark that Chris Rock made and why Will Smith felt he had to defend his wife. Right. The joke was... Jada, looking forward to seeing you in G.I. Jane 2, which was in reference to Jada's shaved hairstyle. And also a reference to the Demi Moore movie in which she uh, shaved her head to play the part of an enlisted person. Right, right. This was insulting to Jada because she has a disease, which she's been very open about, called alopecia, which causes people to lose their hair. 
Initially, Will seemed to laugh at the joke, but after seeing his wife's obviously pained expression, he got up and walked to the stage and slapped Chris. We were so shocked to see this scenario being played out on live TV. We kept our eyes glued to the set to see what the repercussions of all this might be. Oh yeah, it was wild. It was. I mean, we were hoping that it would be some sort of publicity stunt, because even then it would be uncomfortable. But we were all shocked and disturbed. Everyone went on with the production as best they could, but there was this ambiance, this feeling that came right through the TV screen and told us that something was terribly wrong and nobody knew what to do about it. Now, even though Chris Rock was visibly shaken, he proceeded to present the award for Best Documentary and leave the stage when his time was up without reacting or responding uh, any more than saying, Will Smith just hit me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so something to that to that effect, yeah. And about an hour later, Will Smith was back on stage to accept the award for Best Actor in a Leading Role for his performance in King Richard. He was a frontrunner to win. He was my personal favorite out of the nominees, so I was happy to see him win. However, the mood was audibly tense. Um, throughout his acceptance speech, which went on for quite a long time, Will tried to process his feelings about what had just happened on stage and how that connected to his feelings about the character he portrayed, to how he felt he was a protector for his family and his people. He started crying. His comments were kind of all over the place. At one point early in his speech, he mentioned something about valuing love and peace, and I heard several people in the audience laugh at the contradiction. All in all, uh, I think Will was really earnestly and candidly speaking from the heart, but he was just processing so many feelings at once that it all came out haphazardly. Yes, clearly he was overwhelmed and emotionally overwrought, but although he apologized to the audience and the Academy, he didn't mention Chris Rock. But I can tell you the news media certainly did. They still have not been able to stop talking about it. On Monday, it was all over social media, television news, and the talk shows played the clips over and over again. I listened to all of the coverage, but was really worried and concerned for Will Smith because it was really important, I felt, that he come out with a statement. And sure enough, by the end of Monday evening, Will Smith made an apology on social media denouncing violence, apologizing to Chris Rock, taking full responsibility for his actions, and freely admitting that he was a work in progress. I'm going to read the apology that he posted. Violence in all of its forms is poisonous and destructive. My behavior at last night's Academy Awards was unacceptable and inexcusable. Jokes at my expense are part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear, and I reacted emotionally. I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line, and I was wrong. I'm embarrassed, and my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. 
There is no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. Now, I immediately posted his apology on social media and added this comment. Now I'm quoting from the comment I made. What I saw last night was a deeply emotional man minutes away from finding out if he would finally receive the award get triggered by his wife's painful reaction to Chris Rock's insensitive one-liner. As Will shared in his book, he is still carrying the pain of seeing his mother abused and being unable to protect her. Last night, Will's unresolved passion overtook him, and he immediately attacked Chris Rock, presumably to protect his woman and be the strong man he couldn't be for his mother. In his Oscar acceptance speech, Will broke down, but his emotions were all over the place and his remarks were disjointed. My biggest concern was that Will would now be a role model for casual violence and have young people say, well, if the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air can do it, then I can do it too. Or people going into comedy clubs, being offended by what a comedian said and then going up and hitting them. And this is why his apology meant so much to me, because his words were clear, he took responsibility for his actions, he condemned violence, and seems determined to find a mature way to express himself. I pray that he now has a deeper knowledge of the importance of impulse control and, in the future, chooses to take action from a more rational part of self. That is the end of the comment that I made. I was really, really pleased to see the positive responses this post is getting from people who seem to accept Will Smith as a good person who made a bad mistake. Because one of the things I often talk about are the dangers of demonizing people, of putting them on a scale of good or bad saying, oh, I thought so-and-so was a good person, but now I see that they're not. I'm really sensitive to that uh, because it has caused me a great deal of pain in my own life. I have always, always believed, as Will says, that we are a work in progress, and yet too many times in my own life and as I observe in the world, people are condemned for making mistakes as though this were not part of being human. I've never been able to understand or accept why we think that way, except it's it's an immature, it's a polarized way of thinking. Uh, I'm sure our theological traditional upbringings have something to do with all of that, but to me, what I've always wanted to express and teach and have people understand is that this is not about being bad people because we make mistakes, because we lose our temper, because we get triggered. As long as we understand and accept that it was a mistake and that we can use that opportunity to work on it, and to be able to deal with all of the issues that prompted the mistake that we made in the first place and come to terms with it, grow and learn. 
and always be in the process of self-discovery. This has always been my dream. And yet now, it almost seems on our political scene and in the Oscars and everywhere I look, extreme reactions. So much outrage directed at Will for slapping Chris, but also outrage directed at Chris Rock, saying that Will was completely justified for what he was doing. Uh, Either way, it seems that one has to be completely wrong or completely right. We always want to assign blame and shame. You know, there's no middle option that, like, two people made some mistakes here. It's got to be all one or all the other. Yes, and the really big danger is that we become defined by our failures because that's what people talk about. We become defined unless we have a balance in our perspective. So let's go back to the quote by Teilhard de Chardin, the French philosopher and theologian. We are not human beings learning to have a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings learning to have a human experience. Why is that so important? Well, because we've been led to believe that humanity is sinful by nature and that our goal in life is to become spiritual, to become better people than we are now. But according to the mystics of all cultures and the beliefs we share in New Thought, we are spiritual beings by nature, created out of the one presence and one power, the ever-present source of all life, love, and wisdom. Spirit creates out of itself, and we can be nothing less but spiritual. But we have it backwards. We see our humanity as flawed and something we need to get rid of, and spirituality as a goal to attain, believing that when we become fully spiritual, we won't make mistakes. Well, because of this and other reasons as well, we have no patience or tolerance for our own shortcomings or those of others. We're quick to condemn. We have no use for bad behavior in any way, shape, or form. But you see, what we fail to realize is that our condemnation of others is in direct relation to the condemnation we feel for ourselves and our own humanity. The harder we judge others, the more intolerant we are of our own shadow, of our own dark side. And this is why learning to become fully human is the only way we can ever understand what it means to fully accept ourselves and others as a work in progress and to not be defined by our failures. Right. We are very hypercritical in our communication, especially online. And as you're saying, it points to how critical we are of ourselves. There's a current trend in social media of using very strong language to make accusations of either hyper-victimization or hypercritical opinions of others, which show two opposite ends of the same spectrum. Either way, we're projecting our own personal issues onto strangers we don't know and situations and events we weren't personally there to see. 
Yes, I just want to point out that I did receive a comment from someone I know on social media who expressed her anger at Will Smith, believing that he should be punished because in her own life, she has had experiences with people who have bullied her and they weren't punished for it. So you see, this is what all of it's about. Will Smith's behavior, her behavior, my behavior, your behavior. It's all about being careful that when we communicate with others or react to a situation, that we're not trying to right the injustices in our own lives, because this is actually what will succumb to. Again, in his book, he writes that when he was a child, his mother was physically abused by his father, and he always hated the fact and was ashamed of the fact that he couldn't defend her. Well, when you're triggered, you're triggered. And in that moment, it seems as though we can right the wrongs of the past. It seems as though there is no past. There's only the current situation, and we have to step in and handle it differently. It is called projection, and it's one of the most difficult symptoms to treat. We all suffer from it because we all suppress our feelings. We try to get rid of our negative emotions, and instead of dealing with them, they go down into the recesses of our subconscious mind, and we actually don't remember that they're there, but we do suffer from them until we bring those feelings into the light, embrace them, and heal them. So, what can we learn from this? What is our goal here? It's really important to take a look at this situation from the road less traveled, from a different perspective, a perspective that is both rational and compassionate. So let me try to share an example of what that approach would be like. Will Smith, a public figure, committed an act of violence in a very public forum at a very inappropriate time, resulting in a number of unwanted consequences. He apologized, and he took full responsibility for it the next day. He demonstrated not only a deep understanding of what happened, but a profound willingness to make sure it didn't happen again. For me, this is an example of repentance and self-knowledge at work. Does he need to be punished for this act? Well, in my opinion, punishment isn't necessary because he's already had a change of heart. The purpose of punitive action is rehabilitation, and it seems that Will has already experienced that. However, what seems to be appropriate in this situation is for the Academy and the Screen Actors Guild to make some sort of public statement about how violence will not be tolerated and perhaps impose a fine or a temporary suspension as a deterrent from anyone thinking that one would get away with violent behavior in these settings without some sort of repercussions. 
Of course, I'm not in a position to decide what the Academy should or shouldn't do, but this is an example of the type of sanctions that would be justified and not punitive. What's really painful to me is when I read about how some people are canceling or dismissing him by saying they'll never watch another one of Will Smith's movies again and his Oscar should be taken away because of what he's done. Well, here's something that's really important to me. The fact is that the Oscar was awarded to Will Smith because he gave the best performance by a leading actor in a feature film, not because he slapped someone. When we accept the fact that we are learning to be fully human, we need to accept that we are in a process of evolution that almost ensures we will make mistakes, and our mistakes should not define us. But what we do about them speaks volumes. Does he need to be censured for striking another actor, another human being in a public place? Of course. Does he need to be demonized for the rest of his life? Why would we want to do that? All of the things, the brilliant films that he's made, the great talent that he has, this is not a part of what's being censured. This is a part of what's being celebrated We need to remember that acceptance doesn't mean approval. It means to understand and embrace our humanity and ourselves, again, as a work in progress. I want to read another one of the comments that you made on this topic in response to somebody who was calling for some especially harsh punishments for for Will Smith. He said that uh, he thought, He thought that Will Smith's apology was insincere, that he was just an abuser making excuses. So you said, with all due respect, none of us is in a position to criticize his sincerity. Will Smith has had a 30-year career in which he has been considered a role model of professional behavior and goodwill. His actions at the Oscars, while violent and abusive, do not make him an abuser. Rather, they reveal an extreme vulnerability that reached a breaking point. I'm quite certain he knows that he needs professional help and does not condone or excuse his behavior. In my opinion, he can now be a role model for how to be responsible for his own recovery and demonstrate what it really means to be a work in progress. Yeah, I think you said it really well. It's it's so important to just kind of just observe that people make mistakes. We all make mistakes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's like a permanent mark on our character you know obviously of course if someone is doing something repeatedly and it's an obvious pattern of behavior then it's some that's something else to look at but an isolated incident in somebody's life to suddenly zero in on that as the defining moment of your whole lifetime i mean that's not fair if it's a bad moment and it's also not fair if it's a good moment i mean we people have their whole lifetimes of moments and choices and experiences yes and i would like to say to the degree that we cannot treat ourselves with such disdain because when we make mistakes when we go wrong Oh my gosh, the anger that goes on in our minds. Our dear friend Arun Gandhi, grandson of Mahatma Gandhi, said, There is a type of violence 
that goes on in our minds. He calls it passive violence. And he said it goes on specifically when we talk to ourselves about ourselves. There is so much misplaced self-hatred for making mistakes when if we really just knew that we are spiritual beings learning to have a human experience, that we would feel bad about our mistakes. We would not be happy to lose or to ruin anything or to fail. This is not a reason to celebrate, but it's not a reason to do away with ourselves either or with anybody else. It's a time to embrace our feelings of defeat and sadness, avoid at all cost any kind of negative self-talk because we don't need to be punished by our inner critic. We're feeling bad already. And then to ask the question after we've processed this, what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? How can I have compassion for others? How can I have empathy for others who are going through similar things? How can I avoid demonizing myself so that I won't demonize others. My prayer is that we all get off our affirmation and just really take a look at how we can embrace our failures and think about how much we've learned because of them and extend that compassion and empathy not only to ourselves but to others as well. Thanks so much for listening to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. Please connect with us on Facebook or on our website, getoffyouraffirmation.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Have a wonderful week. You deserve it.